Welcome to the She Connects podcast. My name is Susan Vandenhubel, and I am honored to be your host each and every week. This is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, that allows me to connect with women in the online space. You can learn more about me and my ministry at www.sherisesmn.org or simply tap the link in the show notes. But for now, let's dive into this week's episode. Hey everyone, I wanted to drop in real quick before we start this week's episode with a couple of commercials. Um, If you listened to last week's conversation on criticism, you know that at the end of that episode, I said that this week we were going to have a raw and honest conversation on jealousy. And as you see, the title of this week's episode is not jealousy. (laughs) So I wanted to just put this before you that we are still going to have that conversation raw and honest. That is going to be next week. I sort of got a little bit ahead of myself and I wanted to put this conversation with my friend Bridget Tomlin in front of you on finding healthy community, finding your people, because the Lord created you to be in relationship with other people. He created you to be in community and um, you were not created to live alone and to live isolated. So that is the conversation this week. It is a great conversation. Bridget is so wise and uh, I just I just love this conversation with her. But next week we are going to have that raw and honest conversation on jealousy. So enjoy this week's episode. And then next week, we'll come right back here and we'll talk about jealousy. Okay. Commercial number two, if you were not aware in January here of 2023, I added something new to my ministry underneath the umbrella of my ministry, She Rises, and that is life coaching. And I'm so excited about it. I did all the things that were required last year. I, you know, went to put my soon-to-be 53-year-old self back in school. I did homework, filled out all the things, and, you know, kind of really just leaned in. A lot of long hours, a lot of learning and being stretched, even my own self. And I became a certified life coach, and that launched just this January here in 2023. And as I was thinking about what is what is like the the heartbeat behind this and what what is it that i'm i'm really wanting to see happen and unfold in the lives of christian women that i would have the opportunity of coaching it is this quite simply stepping into all the things that god has called you to stepping into the new and so i'm calling my life coaching small business into the new life coaching and i love that i'm in passioned to see women just really stepping into tapping into their God-given potential and stepping into everything that God has called them to in their lives. But these are just a few of the areas uh, women have been reaching out to me for just some some guidance and some coaching in their lives. And I, I just have to interject here. I only have three spots left, just three. And so you know, eventually more spots will open as as women, you know, begin to move forward into the things that God has called them to. And they just feel like, mm, I think I'm good now and I don't necessarily need a, a coach anymore. And so there will be, you know, spots opening here again. But right now, my calendar and the capacity in my life, I have room for just three more. And maybe that would be you. You would fill one of those spots. But women are reaching out for just some coaching and some guidance 
guidance because they feel a little stuck in a particular area of their life. Is, is that you? Or maybe you know that God created you for more, but fear or indecision is holding you back. Maybe for you, you are ebbing and flowing out of a out of a particular season in your life uh, something has changed a season has changed in your life and you're you're just simply unsure of how to move forward or maybe for you you know what your gifts are but you're just unsure of how to take steps toward fulfilling your purpose on the earth or maybe for you you just want a voice in your life that is championing you forward to be awakened to purpose aligned to kingdom principles and activated to your gifts here in this world. You understand that I I have only one life to live and time is short and life goes really fast and I I just want to be all in and really just operating in the things that God has called me to. Well, I would love to explore the possibility of us working together and how do you do that? If you're interested in filling one of these three remaining spots, go down to the show notes Click the link that is available to my ministry website, sherisesmn.org. Once you get there, up at the top, you'll see you'll see a tab that says into the new life coaching. Click on that, scroll to the bottom, and you will see a button that says schedule your free discovery call. And on that 30-minute free discovery call, we're just gonna have a simple conversation. I'm, you know, ask you a few questions to just really get a good idea of what you're looking for, what you believe God is calling you to, and what you want to maybe see change in your life or, you know, really what you're looking for. Just maybe some some guidance, some coaching. And you know, you'll be able to share those things with me in that free discovery call. Uh, and then we'll be able to to see and that, that that decision will be up to you to decide if you feel like this would be a good fit for you. So anyway, all right. So that is the end of the commercials. Again, next week, come back for that raw and open conversation on jealousy. But without further ado, here is this great conversation with my friend Bridget Tomlin on community and finding your people. Well, hey, everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm so excited that you're here, and I'm excited about this new mini-series that we are starting here on the podcast called Created for Community. You're going to love some of the guests that, well, you're going to love all of the guests, not just some of them, but <laughs> you're going to love each and every guest that I have um, that are is going to be speaking into this topic. I really believe that they're going to add value to not only this topic of community, but I believe that God is going to use them to add value to your life. And I really believe that you are going to walk away encouraged and championed forward to believe that God created you for community. You have something to offer. We need you. And so with that, without further ado, welcome to the show, my friend Bridget Tomlin. Tell us a little bit about you, where you're joining us from, and anything else that you want the listeners to know right away. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Susan. This is an honor to be a part of what you're doing with She Connects and She Rises and so many exciting things that God's birthed in your heart and is is using you to accomplish. And boy, it takes all of us, doesn't it? And I just love how the Lord puts just specific things in the hearts of individuals, putting them to task and work in, in his harvest fields. And it's a beautiful thing to see. My name is Bridget and I, my husband and I, I've been married for 25 years. This is our 25th year of full-time evangelism. 
and we base out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And have been here. I was born and raised in Oklahoma. Just uh, went away out of the state for a few years to go to college, and then moved back to Oklahoma. So this is definitely home ground for us. We have two daughters, and I have one that's a senior in high school this year. She's 18, and then one that is a middle schooler. She's 13, and so we're having all kinds of fun <laughs> up in here. But love this station of life and raising our girls and enjoying this time and season with them and realizing how quickly it passes by so just savoring that and then finally one of the greatest joys of my life has been in uh, founding and cultivating a ministry called sanctuary and it is designed for ministry wives women who are married and in the ministry and uh, that was launched back in 2015 and so uh, so many really cool things that have come through that but it was launched with a retreat and we still host that annually and uh, have a great social media group. And so just really exciting things that come largely built around what we're going to talk about today, Susan, which is connection and community. Mm, I love that. Uh, and listeners, you're going to want to take a look at the show notes for all of the links to be able to follow and connect with Bridget in the online space, because she she is really adding a lot of value to just the lives of women and champion them forward and all of the things that God has called them to do. But right away, I, I just want to ask you, I know that you have a just a really big heart for community. Tell us a little bit about that and why that's so important to you. Well, this topic, as you say, is just so near and dear to my heart. And I think what that's just because, you know, I would say um, naturally or authentically, I'm considered to be an introvert. And so I've longed for authentic friendship for as long as I can remember. And I have discovered that most women don't seem to have the bandwidth or the depth to pursue a deeper level of friendship for whatever reasons. And there's a variety of them. I think we'll probably unpack that as this conversation goes on. But we're juggling so many things and we tend to put our needs last, our own needs last. Uh, that's kind of common for your average woman in in, in her circle of life as she's putting the needs of others in front of her, her own. And so friendship and community often get tossed by the wayside as we make things possible for everyone else. And so while that has always been challenging, the past few years have driven so many apart. And that's why this is a topic that's being talked about so much right now, I think, because we have all come to the realization we do need other people even if we told ourselves for a few years that we didn't, we have to stop and acknowledge what is at risk here if we don't reintegrate, if we do not you know, require ourselves to integrate and become a part of communities of people, God designed us for that. And for a lot of people that were looking for an escape route, the pandemic provided that permission slip. Right. But we're trying to make that call. And I, I sense that's what you're doing with this series. And it's just basically a reminder, you know, this is important and your life will only be richer when you're living in community as God designed you. Mm, that's so good. And tell us a little bit about how God has used you to create community over the years. Well, you know, personally, I've just chosen to invest in friendship. So I'm going to just start back at home, which is where I live, whether that was through writing letters 
you remember those days where we would write letters yes. and speak often about these things to my daughters and they look at me like why did people write letters um much of my relationship with my current my husband was uh you know cultivated through letters and no i didn't race wasn't raised in world war ii times i <laughs> i was um a, a, a child of the 80s but um you know, we, we did that a lot. It was expensive to make phone calls, but then I, I also a person that would force myself out of my comfort zone to reach out to somebody for a coffee meetup or trust my instinct to connect with someone by text. If they cross my mind, I'm one of those people that believes if, if somebody's name comes across my mind, there's a reason for it. And so I'll usually stop and shoot a text and reach out. But I was the kid in grade school that the teacher called him on to be the personal guide for the new kid, the new student that showed up. And even though I would consider myself to be what I call a trained introvert, because if you're going to be a ministry, you have to extrovert some days and it <laughs> may not sister. feel as comfortable or maybe even as fulfilling to you, <laughs> but you have to, you got to put that on. You got to, you got to do that. And it's not about being fake. It's about pulling something out from the deep recesses and giving of yourself to somebody, even if it's not personally comfortable for you. But I just see those as opportunities to sow seed for the future. I don't know what my future holds, Susan. I don't know what kinds of things, what tragedies may lay in the future or what kind of circumstances I'll find myself in. Maybe uh, God has something specific for me that I'm not aware of. I want to be sowing into the harvest of my future. There might come a day that I may not feel like I need friendship right now. I may not feel like I need you right now, but there will come a day when I will. And I want that to be sown into my future so that there's a harvest of friendship. There's a harvest of community and something that's available to me. But when it comes to like organizing or facilitating community, let's flip this maybe to like a leadership perspective. That's at the heart of ministry community is it's connecting to the human beings it's getting uh it's not just producing great events it's not preparing even the message the sermon for sunday morning it is connecting to god's creation and for 25 years now my husband and i have been full-time evangelists and on a consistent basis i'm sitting to table with people that i just met and I think that's kind of God's sense of humor to do to introverts um, is to put us at tables with people that we've never met before and go, okay. But I've discovered that most women are desperate for someone to see them. They are desperate for someone to hear them and they really want friendship. Like they, they, they do crave that community, but they're not sure how to do it. A lot of people, women don't know. I mean, my mom worked with me a lot as a kid because I was such a, a more of a shy personality. And this was something that was very important to her. Something that, especially when I call it and I'll acknowledge it called the ministry, she, she was like, well, you're, you're going to have to be able to do this more comfortably than you do right now, if you're going to be in the ministry. And so she started working with me on that, but a lot of women don't have that in their history. And so they're not sure if it's safe to reach out. They don't even know who to reach out to. But it was through those one-on-ones, you know, on the, on the road that I began to see this tragic trend. And that was the detachment, you know, whether it was intentional or, or not, of these women in leadership as they realized friendship, you know, true friendship, it might not be in the cards for me. Maybe I just won't get that like other women do. And it is true. 
finding true friends when you're out in front is very complicated. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that it's impossible. Mm-hmm. It is possible. And from that meeting myself and seeing that in so many other women that I was meeting, I just asked the Lord to give me an opportunity to connect the dots for these women. You know, I can't solve all their dilemmas. I don't have all the solutions. I don't have the answers. I wouldn't even presume to have that ability, but I can connect them to one another. And it's never been easier than it is today to to do that. And there's so much power and assurance that comes when someone else says, I've been there too. I've been through that. I'm struggling out, struggling with that now, you know, and that's, that's what sanctuary is all about is, is, is giving women that privilege and that opportunity. And so that being said, that's kind of what my goal has been personally. And then professionally, if you will, is finding some common ground for us to find value in community. Hmm. Oh, that is so good. So I feel like we could do just a whole separate episode on everything that you just shared. It is so, so good. And I think that it just what you're sharing is resonating with so many of us that, yeah, I I get that I've been her or Mm -hmm. I've, you know, and so, you know, we're, we're talking about just creating community and, you know, you, you just shared that deep down women, we want, we want healthy relationships. We want friendships. We want to be a part of a healthy community. And yet we know if we're going to be honest, that there are some obstacles that we as women face, not that men don't, but we're talking to women here. So some obstacles that, that women face, what do you think are some of the greatest ones that, that you have found that women face in either creating community themselves or choosing to be a part of one? Well, there's a myriad of, of obstacles that I think we could point to, of course, definitely that trap of comparison is a huge, huge issue for especially women in community um, that being, you know, the, the, the challenge of putting ourselves in the same circles of community with people that we don't feel like we can compare to or that we, we can't relate to that comes from insecurities. I, I haven't met a woman who didn't have any insecurities that especially, you know, they may not talk about them. I usually get to, as, especially as a teenager and a, a young adult. So there were a lot of people that would accuse me of being overly confident. Well, that was a mask to cover up the insecurities that I knew were lurking deep inside. Overall, I think we can say that while we're busier than ever, we've made this lack of a lack of priority in our lives. Uh, the busier that we've gotten, the further in the back uh, of our the bus of our lives, if you'll so to speak, that is that's become less of a priority. And then there's been a lot of people that have been hurt, and especially hurt by people that call themselves believers on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it's hard to trust again. It's like, well, you're gonna get burned in the world, okay. But if you get burned by somebody that's supposed to love me like Jesus loves me, I don't know if I want to trust that again. But, you know, Susan, for me personally, I have found it to challenging to find friends who are willing to let me be me yeah, while also feeling comfortable being themselves. And that's a gift that you give to somebody is it's really twofold. I'm going to let you be who you are and love you for it. And then I'm going to be confident and comfortable in myself to be myself. And we're able to give each other that authenticity with no strings attached, no agenda, no competition. We have to recognize that there's beauty and diversity. 
And so perhaps I love to cook and host and entertain, but you don't. That's great. That means I get to entertain somebody and that person loves to be entertained. You know, like this isn't a competition, but I find that a lot of times, especially as women, we really have a hard time laying down that whole comparison and competition thing in order to be able to see the woman who's sitting right in front of us. Yeah, that's so good. I want to circle back to something that you said about allowing someone to be who God created her to be, while at the same time, I can be my authentic self that God created me to be. Uh, So let's unpack that a little bit, because I think that, and I'm curious what your thoughts are. So if there's some insecurities there, we struggle with being our authentic selves because we're trying to be like her. And so would you, would you say that because we are insecure in how God created us, that we find it difficult to then allow other people to be who God created them to be? Yes, I do believe that that's the case. And I think that's always been the case but you know in a in a culture that makes everything more filtered than we've ever seen it before it used to be that we just compared ourselves to people who were in like celebrities that that were on in the magazines or on the tv show they were in the movies but now we have like this celebrity mindset with people that live next door Yeah, that whole phrase keeping up with the Joneses is at a whole nother level now when it comes to social media. And what did they say? You were comparing our behind the scenes with everybody else's highlight reel. And I have, you know, I I am, uh, I just recently interviewed on our podcast, a couple in the ministry, and the woman was talking about how she would have other women in the church that would come up to her after her husband had preached on a Sunday morning and just would just gush and gush and gush over, oh, I would just love to be married to an amazing man like that. And she's thinking to herself, well, I lived with him. And after this week, you could have just taken him. I'd be totally fine for you to have him. You know, it's, it's a lack of understanding of where everyone lives and then also being able to give them grace for that. Right. While also giving grace to ourselves. It, it right. creates all these barriers, wouldn't you say? Yes, yes, that, yes, amen. Amen to all of that. I think that it really goes back to becoming first secure in who I am in Christ because that relationship is what, is what affects all of these relationships, the horizontal relationships. It starts with that vertical relationship and really becoming secure in mm, absolutely. What, what, what God says about me. And, and we can't, we can't get that from anybody else. It has to come from him. And so oftentimes we, we discount having a relationship with someone who is really a great person and could be a really great lifelong friend, but we discount them and don't give people a chance because we are, like you said, comparing ourselves to them and, and maybe just by the way she carries herself or how she dresses or where she lives or whatever she does as, you know, occupation, whatever that might be. We think that, I can't connect with her because I'm not like her. And man, it's just, it's so important that we're honest with ourselves, that we have an honest conversation with ourselves and we 
take those thoughts, those lies, um, because that's what they are. And we, we Mm -hmm. invite the Lord to speak into that because, you know, if we understand that, that God created us for community and there is a healthy community out there. So often he is trying to bring healthy people into our lives, healthy community, because how many of us have been praying and asking the Lord for God, I I just want a friend. (laughs) I just want to bring you, bring me a friend. And, you know, and how many times has he tried to answer that prayer? And yet we sometimes because of our own insecurities, maybe don't give that, that woman a chance because of this, that, or the other thing. Yeah. Um, you know, Susan, let me just say this. My, our very first retreat for sanctuary seven, eight years ago, on the initial introductory session that we did, um, none of these women knew who else was coming. They all came by themselves, which it was very challenging. I'll tell you that the very first retreat was invitation only. So it wasn't like you are deciding who you're going to bring along with you. Every single woman walked in alone. They all walked in and they did not know who else was going to be there. And it wasn't a sea of women. It was 30 women or less. Okay, so there was no real place to hide. And the opening session that we did, I had everyone seated in a circle to where we were at least facing one another. And of course, we're just learning people's names. But the exercise that I had them do was to take a moment and consider one word that would describe who she is, not what she does, not who she is in relationship to anyone else. But something that would give us a picture of who she is. This is kind of just an introduction to you, who you are. And there were a few women that kept it pretty light. And, and, and you know, it, that was completely fine. And that, that get, let us know a little bit about them. And then we get around and I, I was sitting directly across the circle from this one woman who I can tell you, I mean, I knew every woman in the room, but I did not know all of them well. And I didn't really know what was going on in her life, but she's the woman that would have walked into the room and everybody else would have thought, oh man, she's got it together. Mm -hmm. She was very striking, uh, beautiful woman, walked in beautifully dressed, you know, um, from all social media pretenses, you see her and her husband pastoring a a dynamic church, long-term ministry, beautiful children. And we get to her and she's struggling with her words. And she said, maybe I misunderstood the exercise, but the only way I could describe myself in one word right now is lost. Wow. I've lost myself. And every woman in the room, you could see immediately the pretenses drop because First of all, she had the guts to be honest, but secondly, all of us had to let go of our preconceived ideas about what we thought about her at face value and realize, man, this girl's hurting and I can identify with that. I've had, I've had hurt in my life. And beyond that, who is she going to talk to? Because everyone in the room thinks she's got it together. So there's this pretense that she's got to keep up. And that was the obstacle for them being able to accept her and then for her to be able to find what she needs in the lap of anybody. It was, you know what I'm saying? And so the the pretense keeps us from from realizing that we are all just 
God's daughters that we're all hardwired to need what other people have to offer. Mm -hmm. God designed us for that. Jesus functioned like that. I mean, he modeled that for us and we want to shun that model. We want to shun that functionality that God has designed for us because it does take effort. It does take effort. Right. And you know, as I'm listening to you, you've mentioned a couple of times that you are by nature an introvert. And and I just so appreciate that because all the introverts, let's unite separately in our room. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, when I think about what God has you doing, and especially with sanctuary and let's retreat and you know the things that you that you are doing in ministry to women you created these things out of a need that you had I love that I I love that you you know you acknowledge that yeah I, I am an introvert and this feels you know uncomfortable for me maybe but I have a need and and so I'm gonna go ahead and start creating this community and I think that I think that that's one thing that we that we forget that God is maybe calling us to begin to create community around us out of a need that we have, that we can begin to, maybe it's that, that one, that one person that you keep seeing, you know, at church across the sanctuary every Sunday, maybe even in a, in a Bible study, you know, maybe someone new and, and just inviting her out for coffee and starting with just that one person. It doesn't have to be this large gathering in our homes. It's just starting with that one and building relationships out of a need that we have. So I I love how God is is using you and how you're leading by example in this way. But let's talk a little bit about trust. Uh, Often trust is a big area for women and it can hold them back from engaging in community. We've sort of touched on that already, but I want to unpack that a little bit more. How would you encourage the woman listening who wants to engage, but past experiences are holding her back, specifically maybe mistrust. Well, I, you know, I don't want to be insensitive to that because there's not a person, a human being alive that hasn't hurt by another individual. Um, some people are much, much grander levels, much deeper, deeper wounds. And so I certainly would never want to discount that because those are real, real things. And we we have to 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 validate feelings of hurt and acknowledge those things and not dismiss them as being bad ones. They're they're just real. God designed us with emotions and with feelings, and those sometimes help us to become a little bit of our bumpers, you know, to keep us on track. And and well, I don't want to get hurt like that again, so I'm not going to do that same thing again, or I might not try this. But on the flip side of that, that's where you really have to be led by the Holy Spirit, because God always leaves us better when he when we've left his presence and when we came in. And so coming in and and why, you know, kind of uh, putting ourselves out there uh, for him to kind of do a little bit of soul surgery is so, so crucial because we we can't disobey his word because others have injured us. Yeah. And that's where the rub comes in sometimes. And I think sometimes that we're guilty of condemning the masses because of the one. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, there may be, our listeners may immediately be picturing someone's face in their minds, the one person that did so wrong. 
by us. And you can even say, Bridge, forgiven them, but I can't forget what she said. I can't, I can't forget what that group of people did. But we have to remember that Jesus did not lose trust in the remaining 11 just because Judas betrayed him. Oh, Bridget, that's And so trust is partnered with faith, mm-hmm. right? Because even Peter really messed things up. Jesus was like, oh, nope, keep it. Let's, I, I still find value in relationship with you and I know that you're going to find value in relationship with me I can't he still had to let Judas go you know Judas was like do what you need to do buddy do what you came to do he knew Judas had already betrayed him before the transaction happened and what's mystery this was brought to me through a friend of mine Crystal Williams I've had her on my podcast a couple of different times and we've talked about friendship and she said (laughs) She said, what's remarkable is the fact that Jesus knew that Judas was going to do that before he called him into his inner circle Mm -hmm. and he still called him into his inner circle. Wow. Like, can we actually do that? I don't think so. I mean, that's, that's like, that's almost like you go, well, was that really your smartest move, Jesus? You know, you knew (laughs) that he was going to do this, but he, he found value in community. And so we have to take God at his word, even on the other side side of her in relationships and you know saying that is one thing and doing it is another I I don't know of anybody that hasn't been hurt and initially you want to say that's it I'll just keep to myself as you said introverts unite it's not worth the risk I'm good on my own but if we're going to follow Christ's example we we have to accept that risk We have to take that risk and community provides accountability. That's why it's so important. Mm -hmm. You know, scripture tells us in Galatians, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. In other words, that face-to-face encounter, the the putting ourselves out there and making ourselves vulnerable to community and saying, I see you, but do you see me? Those are all things that make us better followers of Christ. And as, as our mutual friend, Lisa Goen says, comfort is comfortable is only good for sweatpants and couches. Nothing really great comes from being comfortable all the time. In fact, when you're talking about doing something out of your own need, everything I do is outside of my comfort zone, but I've never encountered anything that wasn't worth it. You know, you think about things that make us uncomfortable. I mean, exercising, workouts, um, denying certain foods, um, going to bed early when we'd rather stay up, all these different things that make us uncomfortable, they produce the best things in our lives. And so putting ourselves out there and, and saying, okay, I, Lord, I trust you. I may not trust all of these other people, but I'm going to follow you and ask you to bring me the right people. And I'm going to be willing to obey you enough that when you prompt me, when you nudge me towards an individual, I trust you, Lord, enough to put myself out there again and say, it's worth it to try again. Oh, that is so good. And it is, I feel like we could end our conversation right there, that it is worth it 
to try again. It's worth it to try mm-hmm. again. Oh, well, you know, creating, com- creating community around us doesn't have to be complicated. We're, you know, kind of starting right. to really unpack that a little bit more, but how would you encourage women to begin? So specifically, you know, we're, we're maybe talking to the woman who feels like that's me. I have been deeply wounded. Somebody said something or did something that really deeply hurt me. And I'm, I'm, I'm working through that, but I am struggling to be willing to try again. And Bridget, like you, I've been there many times myself and, and yet it is, like you said, worth it to try again. And so how would you encourage women to, to begin where, where do they, what is that first, second, third, maybe fourth step? Well, you know, not to over-spiritualize this, but to keep bringing us back, the first thing I'm always going to encourage people to do is to pray. Because if you ask the Holy Spirit to bring someone along your path or reveal someone who needs friendship, he will. Yeah. And I say that literally out of personal experience, not because I'm loaded with friends. I have a lot of people that I know, right, through years of ministry and, and, and living just long enough. You, you meet people in different circles and in different stations of ministry and different communities and, and experiences. But that doesn't make all of them friends. You know, social media calls them our friends, but they're, they're not true friends. They're acquaintances, maybe people that you could have a great conversation over dinner with. You might see them. But when you talk about people that you're doing life with, this is a different thing. And the reason why I believe that it's something the Holy Spirit will respond to is because I still keep coming back to the fact that I crave that. Yeah. Even, even when I'm not finding it, I'm still craving it. Yeah. I'm still desiring it. Even when I've said that, like, you know, you throw your hands up in the air and you're like, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm sitting, you know, I've had these conversations with my husband so many times. The men don't grapple with this as much as women do. Um, I, they, they are, they seem to fall more easily into friendships and relationships than we do. But if you ask the Holy Spirit to bring someone, then you have to be willing to obey on the other side of that and be able to to go, oh, okay, this is worth the risk. Now, I will tell you this. This was really intriguing to me, and I wanted to share this. Felt like it was really valuable to this conversation. I recently came across some research in a book that I was reading that reveals that we are actually hardwired for only three to five true friendships. And so these are people that you connect with like once a week. Okay. But then there's the 12 to 15 people that you connect with more like once a month and they have similar perspectives or maybe shared values. Maybe you're, you know, you're, you're doing something in in the same lane of life, whatever that might be. But this, this is people that you probably see about once a month. And then there's this largest circle of friends that would be about 150 people. And so these are people that you're more likely to connect with over the span of a year's time. The pressure is not there to do life and to check in on them constantly or whatever, but they're the people that if you're really backed into a corner, you still felt that there was enough of a connection that you could call in your backups and they would be a part of that crew. But the pressure isn't really like it is on social media to push us towards more friends, like more is better. I mean, I have, I think probably on Facebook right now, Susan, I want to say about 4,000 and I'm using your quote 
trends. Yeah. But when I'm scrolling through my feed, I don't, I couldn't tell you where I know most of them from, right? And I'm feeling the weight of their having lost a loved one, but I have no real relationship with them. And when we look at the model of Jesus, we see that he had a wide span of followers. He impacted thousands and, you know, hundreds and thousands of people at a time, but he had an entourage of roughly what, 25 to 50 people that would go with him pretty frequently on what I call his ministry crusade trips. Yeah. And then he only had 12 in his inner circle, but three of those were the ones that went to the garden with him that were kind of on the inner workings of what Jesus was really trying to accomplish. They were, they were the ones that he confided in probably that he truly was most vulnerable with. He didn't do that with everybody. And so we have to release ourselves of the pressure of having to have deep, deep relationships with every single person that we know or would call a quote friend. And then the second thing is, is it leads right into this is reasonable expectations. So just kind of like what your mom probably said when you were little, if you want to have a friend, you have to be a friend. And so many of us sit back and you mentioned this earlier, we sit back and wait for someone to reach out to us. And to be honest, that's not very likely to happen in today's culture. If it's a burden on your heart, then that means God is tugging on you to do something, to be an advocate and maybe make the first step. And so somebody to get up and walk across the room, somebody has to say, I would really like to get you, get to know you better. Can we meet for coffee? Somebody has to do that. And it's it's kind of like asking for the first date. It feels like that a little bit. And it may feel a little wobbly and a little bit uncomfortable, but it's, it's the only way to move towards what we're looking for and get past the exchange of gifts in our text messages. We have to have some face-to-face connections with people. And then finally, the one tip that I had finally would be just to um, receive help if it's offered or ask for it when you need it. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently um, had a conversation with a woman talking about grief and she said, people only know what they, what they know. And they only know what you will tell them. They only understand. And so we cannot assume that people do not want to be there for us when they don't know that we need them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really more of a caregiver than a care receiver and that makes it challenging for some people to feel like they have something to offer to me because I'm seemingly always in the providing mode rather than the receiving mode um when I early in I guess probably the fall of 2020 I had uh, COVID-19 and you know these were the early days so you had to be quarantined in your house i think at that point it was still 10 full days they were making you stay at home and my husband was on the road while i was at home sick and so i had two teen well one was a teenager one was a like sixth grader fifth or sixth grader and they were not the greatest of caregivers but i had a few people from my church my home church that reached out and said can we bring you food and I'm like, oh no, I turned them all down, Susan. I said, no, I'm sorry. We're good. We're good. The more I sat there in my bed by myself, the more I realized we're not good. Like I'm counting on a 10 year old <laughs> to take care of me. <laughs> and she can't even, she's not even supposed to come into the room where I'm at. 
Yeah. And so I would call down the hall now and again, could somebody please bring me some water? And it shamed me. I was like, I had this moment where I was like, I feel horrible. I cannot take care of myself. And I just turned down the only means of us having decent meals for the next several days. And so I had to humble myself and get back on the phone and say, I'm so sorry. I spoke too soon. We do need your help. And I will tell you, it opened up the door for some friendships with some women who I'm sure really took the risk to even ask me. Yeah. Because I'm get her done, Bridget, take care of everything. I, you know, I want it to look a certain way and I want, you know, all these things. And for them to say, I'm willing to bring over my half-baked pot pie to you. Step over all of their preconceived notions about me mm -hmm. in order to reach out to me. And so I gave them essentially a gift by giving them the privilege of meeting a need for me. And so many great things sometimes come from us being able to open our hearts and receive help or reach out when we know that we need it. Yeah. So praying, shifting those expectations, and then being willing to receive help or reach out for help when you need it. Those are on ramps for some of the best friendships and community that you could possibly find. And those I think are, I mean, they're just so like I said, just taking the complicated and the confusing out of this, um, because I think that mm -hmm. we are, we can so easily overthink things and make it more complicated than it needs to be. And those are such practical tips that any of us could, could begin to put footsteps toward. Um, we can easily wrap ourselves around these things. And I just think that that's a, a so, so beautiful. I love how you just so effectively communicated each and every step. And they, like I said, are not complicated. They're not complicated at all. And so good. Right. Thank you so much for, for sharing those tips. I know that that alone I think that the entire conversation added value to the listening community, but those three steps, I think really just are like the, the beautiful bow on the entire conversation that just really tied all of this together. Because I, I think that one of the things that I'm so passionate about is not just engaging in conversation, but I want to help equip women, give them tools to put in their toolbox. Okay. So I hear this now, how do I begin to walk this out? And so thank you for those, those three steps are, they were just amazing. I love that. It's been so good having you on the show this week and um, mm -hmm. just everything that you offered and spoke into in this area created for community. And like I said, you have just led by example in so many ways in this area. And I, I go back to what I said earlier, one of the things that is just so beautiful about how you have uh, modeled this for people is that you have done this out of a need that you had, a craving, a longing that you had within you. And so I just want to say thank you for your witness. It's encouraging and inspiring to um, myself and I know so many other people. So thank you for being on the show today. My pleasure. Totally my pleasure. Thank you, Susan, for having me. 
Hmm. Well, and with that listening community, we are so grateful that you took time out of your week to join us in the conversation. It's been such an honor to be a part of your day, a part of your week. It's it's just, again, such an honor to, to know that you are tuning in. We appreciate you and be sure, like I said earlier, to check out the show notes so that you can connect with Bridget in the online space, especially check out her podcast. She has some incredible guests on that show and just really creating beautiful and just really practical uh, content that that is offered to, to women in ministry. And so be sure that you check that out. Again, look at the show notes for those links, but take care, have a great rest of your week. And remember that God sees you, he knows you, he hears you and could not love you any more than he loves you right now at this very moment. Take care and I'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for joining me this week. It was great connecting with you. Hey, would you do me a quick favor that would mean the world to me? Would you go ahead and leave a few stars and a review or even a comment? It not only means so much to me, but in the online space and the podcasting world, the more stars, reviews, and comments that a podcast receives, the further the reach. It ranks up a little bit higher in Google searches, which then results in reaching more women with this amazing content. So if you are blessed and enjoying, you know, just the content that you are hearing here on the podcast, would you go ahead and leave a few stars, a review and some comments? It means the world to me. Thank you so much. And I'll catch you right back here. Same place, same time next week.